Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you're an exhorter, encourager, You believe Romans 828 1,000%. It's just like your verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So that's your underlying thing. Doesn't matter what the person is going through. Doesn't matter what they've experienced. Doesn't matter if they failed this time. It's going to be okay. Remember, I used to say a long time ago, everything is going to work out all right. That's what an exhorter does. They're positive in their nature. Do you like being around positive people? Not the fake it till you make it people, but those who genuinely see life in a positive way. It's good to have someone who can pick you up when you're feeling less than your best. Pastor Mark will be teaching about those with the gift of exhortation. You'll find out what their personalities tend to be like and the qualities that God's put in them that make them suitable for this role. Pastor Mark will also be showing the areas in the church where they can be useful. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. Of all the gifts, these people love to go, okay, what's your problem? Let's talk. Let me get you motivated. I can see you. I can see what's happening in your life. I believe I've been through issues like you. I can help you with this. The person with this gift just doesn't say this. They walk into the room and they say, okay, sit down. And you talk to the counselor a little bit. You little thing, and the, and the counselor says to you at the end of the, at the end of the meeting, I know what your problem is. And they tell you what the problem is. Here's the solution. Just be filled with the spirit. Now have a nice day. See ya. Person goes, huh? Be what? Well, how do I get filled with the Spirit? Well, you know, just get filled with the Spirit. No, there are going to be what? Steps. We'll talk about a danger of this later. There's steps. Now, why is that important? Understand what the Scripture says. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You see, there's this logical progression. And so if you have that gift... You're going to love people and you're going to give them some steps that are going to move them down this path of maturity. You're not just going to say, be blessed and be well, have a nice day. You're going to say, do this and do this and I'll meet with you in three weeks. Let's see how you're doing with this. And you're going to encourage him as you go along. Number five, this is very important. This is why you're going to understand what this says. These people want a visual response when either teaching in a public setting like this or counseling one-on-one. Why? They want to see, the exhorter wants to see that they're getting through. They want to see reaction. 
They want to see what they're looking for is change. And you're going to see later, if they don't see it, they're very easily discouraged. So in a public setting, with the gift of exhortation, what am I looking for? Well, short term, I'm looking for people not going, (laughs) whatever, and we all have bad days. I don't mean that. If I just woke you up, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) But I'm looking for people that are, are going, Okay, I get that. And sometimes it's hard with the lights, but I can see pretty good. And I kind of know, I used to know exactly who was here and who wasn't here when we had four or five, six hundred people. Today it's a little more difficult, obviously. But any teacher with this gift of exhortation, and I really probably have three gifts. That's a mixture. You can decide how I am, but prophet, teacher, and exhorter. Those are pretty much my gift. Maybe exhorter first, then teacher, then prophet. I really don't know. But I'm looking, since that's one of my gifts publicly, I'm looking for, in this service, people going, hmm, I get it. I get it. Writing notes. It's, it's coming across. Long term, what am I looking for? Healthy sheep reproduce. So if you have the gift of exhortation and you're a pastor, teacher, what typically will happen, not because of you, but because of God's gifts through you, a church will grow in numbers and what? Maturity. Both. It will happen. Because see, when you become mature as a believer, what's your heart? Lost people. You go get them. You bring them. That's what happened. That's how this church started with 100 people, and now we're six, 7,000 people. That's how it continues to work. So it's the same for you in a one-on-one counseling session. You're looking in that counseling session for the person going, boy, you pegged it. You're right. And when they come back in three weeks, what are you looking for? I did this, and I did this, and I did that. And you see the change. And to you, that's like, sick them. I'm ready to go now. Let's move to the next step. It really encourages you. So again, all of you guys, as you grow, and I stop by and you talk to me and from Pastor Dean and now the Pastor Dave and all the other, we're just a little part of your growth. God's the big part. But when you stop us and go, I got a card today from some people are moving. Man, we really grew in the Lord and thank you so much and whatever and you and Linda and whatever and boom, boom, boom. That's good. I'm not after cards. I understand what I'm trying to say. But when I see that in you and get those kind of responses, then I go, that's it. It's a visual response. And it's the same when you're counseling. So if you're being counseled by someone, it's a good thing for you to write them from time to time a little card. And Drina does a lot of this. The pastors do this. A lot of you in the women's ministry have this encouraging thing. If you're going through that, you've been through there, send a little card to those individuals because that encourages them. They're going, yes, they're getting it. They're not looking for perfection. They're not. They know you're not. You can relax. Number six, these people are well-liked because they have this positive attitude. Now, unlike the prophet, which doesn't have too many friends, because they're pretty like, here's the way it is, do it. And that's the way they are. That doesn't don't mean they're obnoxious. Sometimes that's just the hard part of it. Thank God we have a mix, correct? So we have this little mix of people. Sometimes I have to be careful, because I can be that way as a prophet. Just, you know, what is wrong with you? (laughs) There it is. Come on, do it. But I have to realize, well, no, that isn't going to work. And so you back up and again, you never dilute the truth, but you back up and mix it with these gifts. So these individuals, 
They accept people. They're not critical judgers. They generate enthusiasm when you meet with them. They're kind of like the honey that draws people rather than the vinegar. Now, remember their whole goal is to see the people they teach or they're counseling one-on-one or coming alongside mature. So that brings them great pleasure as they watch them do this. And they're just positive because that's their nature. When they look at a person, they see the potential again. Not like, oh, man, look at this. I just read the sheet that they gave me. Oh, my goodness. Can I give this to somebody else? You won't have the gift then. When you go, you go, okay, this is going to be a challenge, but they can do it. Now, if you're an exhorter, encourage you. You believe Romans 8.28 1,000%. It's just like your verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So that's your underlying thing. Doesn't matter what the person is going through. Doesn't matter what they've experienced. Doesn't matter if they failed this time. It's going to be okay. Remember, I used to say a long time ago, everything is going to work out all right. That's what an exhorter does. They're positive in their nature. And by the way, how many of you like to be around positive people? Hallelujah. You want to be around somebody. And I can start naming names in this body of people that have this gift a thousand percent. You know them as well. And you like to be around them because you feel built up rather than tore down after you leave them. Can you imagine if every time you came to church, we handed you triple antibiotic ointment and bandages as you left? (laughs) And for those of you that really got it, we got people to set your bones at the back or whatever. And everybody just walks out of the church, you know. We wouldn't worry about a parking problem. (laughs) Did we turn this into a bowling alley or something? So understand that as God ministers to us, there needs to be this positive attitude and this encouragement, this building up. I can see potential. God's doing good stuff in you guys. Now, number seven, because they love people, they hate disunity. So number seven, these people desire to help bring unity and oneness. They don't like strained relationships. Because they know in strained relationships, here's what's going to happen. If there's a strained relationship, then walls go up. When walls go up, spiritual growth goes down. If you built up walls around you because people have hurt you and you're not going to let them in again, there's no way you're growing spiritually. See, Paul says, I have to leave those things behind and move forward. Unless you let go of the past hurts, you can't move forward. You drag them with you. And so this individual says, I can't get anywhere unless there's some unity. And of course, that's where there's a problem in marriage counseling when one wants to and the other one doesn't want to. It's very, very difficult for this individual because they understand, I want to come alongside and help, but one of you doesn't want me to help. Well, not too much good happens. Number eight, this is huge. And for those of you that have this gift, This one stands out. The gift of exhortation, these people expect a lot of their selves and others. So see, it's not just in, when I look at this, this is me. This is hugely me. See, I demand from myself a lot. So 
That's a strength because I'm always striving. I'm not, a, personally, I'm not a guy that veges out a lot. I like veggies, but I mean, I'm not a guy that veges out just, what's happening, man? You know, whatever. I'm a guy that's asking God, okay, where are we going next? What are we going to do next? Who do we need to do here? How do you want to do this? What do you want to do, God? I'm always thinking ahead and future, two years down the road, just whatever. Never know. I'm just, I'm just that kind of a guy. That's the way God wired me. He just wired me like that. So I'm not a veggie guy. Now, here's my problem. Since I'm hard on myself, uh, you going to work for me? You going home wet hours? I don't think so. I don't like people that say to me, well, I put in 42 hours this week. I'm not interested in that. Now, I love home people. I want pastors to be home with their family. Don't misunderstand me. We give every, every guy has two days off. Relax. It's, it's okay. But since I demand a lot of myself and an exhorter does, guess what they demand of other people? And that's why in a counseling session, since they're going to take their time to study for you and come alongside, what drives them crazy is you don't take it serious. So before long, they're not going to put much effort in you. Here's what I do with couples. I learned this a long time ago. In the premarital counseling, I tell them right up front. Now, when you come in for your premarital counseling, we're going to spend an hour going through these three chapters. If you call for your appointment... And you haven't done the three chapters. Don't even come in. And you say, well, that's really hard. No, it's common sense. Why would I waste an hour of my time with somebody who hasn't done their homework? I'm not the one getting married. They are. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So not long ago, I had a couple come like that. I went, see ya. Have a nice night. Call me when you're ready. And I didn't. wasn't nasty. It's a waste of time. See, I'm hard on myself because I want to grow. I can be hard on other people, and I have to watch it in the pulpit, because I can be hard on you. I hope not to be. Sometimes I go home and I went, mm, got to be more graceful. But why is it? The motive isn't wrong, because I know what happens to people that edge out. They fall by the wayside. And for a pastor, there's nothing more disconcerting to watch people fall away. So I have to watch myself that I don't get to whatever. So if that's your gift, it'll make sense to you. You're going to be hard on yourself. And in turn, you're going to be hard on those people that serve with you, work with you, counsel, whatever. Because, by the way, do you think Paul had that? Whoa. All the time. He would constantly do that. Now, turn to Acts chapter 15. I want you to see some neat stuff quick. Here's one of the other things. If you're going to be this encourager, you're going to be growing because you are going to challenge yourself. You've not arrived. I certainly haven't arrived. I challenge myself and others challenge me. I love people that challenge me. We watched a video today in the pastor's staff meeting that hit us all between the eyes. It just really challenged. I love it because there's so much more I want to do. Now, here in Acts 15, look at verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Barnabas is another one with this gift. Let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of God, Lord, and see how they're doing. Notice what you see. Here's Paul. Here's Barnabas. This is very important you see this. Here's Paul and Barnabas. Why do they want to go to these churches where they've been? For one reason. They want to see how the spiritual growth is going. That's what an exhorter does. They want to see how the spiritual health is. So they both going to go, let's go back, see what's happening. Now, what they're going to do when they walk in the church is, how are you doing spiritually? Let me just ask you, how are you doing spiritually? Look at your own life. 
You see, that's what Paul would do. And he challenges people to stop and do that. Now, some people say, well, none of your business how I'm doing. (laughs) Well, those people need help because it is. That's the goal of a pastor. Now, verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted him in Pamphylia and not continued with them in their work. Now, they have the same goals, but... Barnabas is a little better the encourager here. He might be more people-oriented at this point. Paul might be more task-oriented. Paul says, look, the guy quit us the last time. I'm not interested in taking Barnabas says, oh, come on, come on, come on. It's okay. He's going to do it. So what you're going to see later is Paul is going to grow in this. Maybe he was a little too much task-oriented here rather than people-oriented. Maybe too much the prophet teacher, not enough the exhorter. Look at verse 39. They had such a sharp disagreement. Remember, these people hate disunity, but look what happens. That they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, left, commanded by the brothers. They went to Syria and Sicilia to strengthen the churches. Now, later what happens? Well, we know from Scripture, later Paul would write about Barnabas in 1 Corinthians and say Barnabas was respectful and he really loved this guy. So he kind of mended the fences. Second, Mark did mature under Barnabas' discipleship. He did grow. Barnabas was a great encourager. In fact, he grew so much, he wrote the book of Mark. That's good for a guy that dropped by the wayside. Number three, what does Paul do later with Mark? He says, bring Mark to me. He's very valuable to me. So what do you see? If you're an exhorter, be careful. You don't think you have all the answers. Because you're counseling people or teaching people, you have to grow as well. And there's a picture of Paul growing. And I think it's a beautiful picture. Now, let me just say this to you. Parents. I'll just put it in three steps. Parents, just don't be a parent. Number two, parents, just don't be a teaching parent. Number three, parents... Also be an encouraging parent. Do you realize how much influence you have over your children by the words you say to them? You see, you want to be an encourager to your kids. You say, well, I don't have that gift. God will give you the gift for your children. You need it. Can you as a parent see potential in every one of your children? You should be able to. God does. He says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. You say, well, this kid has this IQ and the girl over has this or vice versa. I'm not talking about that. They're all going to be very different. But as you learn, we're all needed in the body of Christ, aren't we? We're all equal. So let me challenge you as a parent. Do you see potential in your children? And are you encouragers or do you just you tear down? Don't tear down. Encourage. Bring them alongside. Yes, you have to admonish them some, for sure. But bring them alongside. Encourage them. Let them see the tremendous potential that God has for them. Are they going to fail? Hello, they're your kids. <laughs> you failed, didn't you? I mean, all of us that are parents, we'd love to have another shot at it, wouldn't we? And that's why we spoil our grandkids. You don't have another shot at it. Parents, if you have them now, be encouragers. Now, what are the dangers if we operate this gift in the flesh rather than the spirit? 
Let me give you four. These individuals tend to uh, find truth in experience and then validate it with the scripture. And what do I mean by that? A teacher, a prophet, they're always going to the scripture and then applying it. A person with this gift can, in general, go, well, this is kind of what I want to say to this person. Let me find it in the scripture. And you have to be careful because then you take it out of context. And that's the danger for a pastor teacher, I'll just share with this, who has the gift of exhortation, which is one of my gifts. That's the danger because most pastor teachers quite often teach topically. So they're giving you an opening statement, then trying to hunt for a scripture that goes, oh, that'll do it. That'll fit. I think there it fits. Okay, I mean, they're not doing that consciously. It's just the way they're made. So as an exhorter, which is one of my gifts and a teacher, what has been more powerful for me? And I think Pastor Dean and Pastor Dave understand the same thing. What's been more powerful for me is to just teach expositionally because the truth is there. Now I just develop around the truth. Do you see the difference? So when you just go through the verses, the truth there, I can't hunt and peck for it. It's right in front of me. So I don't have to try to fit it in. For a counselor, sometimes you do that. You try to find, well, let me find, there's 24 paraphrased Bibles. Let me see if I can find one that fits. And that's not it. Remember what we talked about this week? This word, guys, this word is alive. This is the seed that goes into the soil. You don't have to jerry-rig it. You don't have to manipulate it. You don't have to force it. Just say it, teach it, preach it. It changes lives. Amen? Changes yours. Doesn't matter who's in this pulpit. You know, right under this pulpit, we have a Bible. It's down into the ground, in the cement. Why do we do that? Because that's what we teach here. Number two, if you operate in the flesh with this gift, you're going to get discouraged if there's little change. When a person with this gift outlines these steps of growth and the individual doesn't do them, they feel discouraged and defeated. Number three, this specifically is more for people that counsel. The pastors, myself, those of you in the men's and women's ministry that encourages one-on-one, Andrina specifically, many of you that do lots of counseling, here's the danger. You can operate in the flesh and not the spirit. Why? You can be cut and dry and prescribing steps to maturity. When a person walks in into the room and you know what they're, there's only so many problems we deal with. I mean, everybody has a little flavor of it, but there's a, so pretty soon you go, okay, here's my sheet, six points, see ya. Now, there's nothing wrong with those points, but somewhere in there, the Holy Spirit needs to be speaking to you. Because if you treat them like a number, then where's the role of the Holy Spirit in this? Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to be very careful you don't give these pat little, uh, answers as you as you move along number four as you see people do change and they do grow and they do mature you have to be careful like all of us do in any area of ministry you have to be careful of pride you can become prideful and think look what i've done i saved that marriage that person was so depressed look at them now they're just not man i've done terrific no you just been an instrument God did the work. Pastor Mark's message today continued his teaching about the gift of exhortation. 
you learn that the exhorter is very much interested in seeing people succeed and mature in their life as a Christ follower. You also found out that you don't have to be a pastor to exercise this gift. Pastor Mark told you about some of the weaknesses that misusing this gift could reveal. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching about the spiritual gift of exhortation next time. We'll be talking about the things someone with this gift needs to do to be effective and to stay God-focused. You'll hear about what can happen when this gift is used without the Holy Spirit working through you. You'll learn about the fake form of this gift that Satan has, too. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.